What are like some of the craziest villains that you guys have fought? Seems you've met some of them. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I, I fought a an alien made out of black goo once. Oh no way! I fought an alien too, on Earth and in space. Oh, yeah, he was purple. I want to fight an alien. I'm 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 still like that. You fought an alien in space. <sighs> I'm lame compared. Like I fought a Russian guy in a like a rhinoceros machine. Can, can we rewind it back to the I'm lame part? Because you are not. No, thanks. No, yeah, I appreciate that. I'm not saying I'm lame. But I'm just saying the like... self-talk maybe we should, you yeah. know. Listen, though. Because you're, you're amazing. Just to take it in for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can you, take it in. No, I can take you it in. are amazing. I can take it in. You are amazing. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Will you say it? No, I kind of needed to hear that. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to another sweet episode of Citizen Frame. I'm Kieran, the host. Joining me today is the usual misfit, Trevor. What's up? All good, Kieran. As always, great to be here. My spidey sense is tingling. Wow. Gee, what movie are we talking about, Trevor? Batman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, last time we talked Spider-Man, we did a little retrospective before we knew the new one was coming out. We all... All of us on board there enjoyed both the Spider-Mans, but we were concerned where the direction was going. And what we mean by that is more, will it be a muddled mess? Because, you know, you're dealing with all these multiverses and is it going to take a science degree to understand what the hell they're talking about? Multiple characters as well. Exactly. So it took me a while to get on board to go see this film. That's why we're a little bit late doing this. And I have to say now that... This film is fucking incredible. I applaud everybody who was involved with this production. I I just I, words can't describe how good this film is. And I'm letting my cards on the table now. And we're pretty much everyone in the universe have seen this by now. So we're just going to kind of talk about parts we liked and why it worked. And, and there'll be spoilers, obviously, of course. Yeah, major spoilers. Seen, yeah, exactly. I I, I just. Wow, I mean, I just, I just, I just can't believe it. I just, I, 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 I can't. I don't even know how to start the podcast because I just, I've always been a fan of Christopher Reeve, uh, Superman one and two, probably more, you know, nostalgic purposes. It's my first, you know, uh, seeing See on a big screen a superhero, and it still holds up. Dude, before I saw this film, Superman two was my favorite, and Winter Soldier, Captain America. Yes. Uh, Captain America mainly because that one played like a Bond film rather than a superhero film. I haven't actually seen it. Uh, you've got to see Winter Soldier. It's incredible. And nobody could touch those two films. I saw this, and I'm telling you right now, this is probably the best superhero film ever to be produced. Okay, so to lend some context to my own views on it, I have always been, you know, since I was a kid... I didn't actually read, you know, proper comic books as we just, um, you know, comic books um, about superheroes as we discussed in, you know, one of the previous podcasts. But I was always, um, always very much like darker superheroes like Batman, the DC universe. Um, I was also, as a small kid, I was also a fan of Spider-Man, including there was an animated series called Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. I remember that. So I've always had, I have always had a soft spot for Spider-Man, had Spider-Man toy and all. That used to like you, like you put batteries in and it like jumped about and stuff, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, oh, but however, as an adult, I must admit, I am not really into modern 
superhero films, including the Marvel, you know, the MCU, as it's known. Um, I've just, I just think it's overkill. I think there's too many of them, and they're all a bit generic and samey. However, that said, I watched this Spider-Man film, uh, really because that I, I've always quite liked Spider-Man, essentially, as I was saying. And I also am quite a fan of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, especially the first two. So I sort of watched this because I knew that there was going to be some returning characters, like the Green Goblin, Doctor Octopus and stuff. And I have to be completely honest, they knocked it out of the fucking park. It is brilliant. Yeah, you mentioned about chaos. And it's it's my concern was... There's so many Marvel films, like you mentioned, it can get kind of annoying. Yeah. But Marvel just gets it right. I walked, I sat down and watched this, and I remembered everything that I've seen from the past films. It's I have just, only seen a handful of Marvel films, I must admit. Well, I it, you just I remember the Spideys, and it's just, it all comes back to you. They, mm-hmm. di- they just did it so well, and it's you wanted more. And the movie's already, what, two hours and something. Yeah, it's about two and a half hours. And it just it just sucks you in right from the beginning. And you weren't at all thinking, wait a minute, do I do I know that guy from what comic? Do I where's the timeline yeah. in this one? Where where are we going here? Um mm-hmm. it doesn't. It's such a smooth transition. Um yeah. to each scene, to scene, to scene. It's brilliantly written. It it is I mean, it is a absolutely superb script. With um, you know, all of the characters get their chance to shine in the light. Yeah, everything has a point. It's um, you know, it's you know, there's consequences to characters' actions. There's proper proper threat there. Now the plot itself, you know, all this multiverse stuff, it's ridiculous. But it's a superhero film, so no problem. Yeah. Um, there is fan service, a load of fan service, but it's fan service done right. Uh, it has real heart. It is just a superb script, and I think that um, for me that that is the key element because there's only there was only two people who wrote this script, um, whereas in some of these sort of big budget Hollywood films you see you look on IMDb and there's like ten fucking writers credited, and that's just a mess. That's a, for a start. That's going to be all sorts of conflicting ideas and stuff as well. The, uh, I you know the the real great films for me is the one where there's only maybe one or two writers on board. Um, and this is one of them. It's, it, you know, it, it's brilliant. You know, it's just, it's so well handled, so well paced. Uh, that's not even including, you know, the brilliant acting, but we'll get to that soon enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it, 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 it ticks every box and does them brilliantly with a plum. It's almost like you're talking about how these different writers can write something and fuck it all up. But when you have two yes. consistent writers, they'll keep it smooth. It's kind of like that 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 email that that, was, that Facebook that went out that uh, little uh, post where it's ten guys and gals wrote oh 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 that Beyonce song and yes. one man wrote Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's exactly- Less is more in terms of writers, you know, writing teams or whatever, or you know, just. Solo writers or, or you know or two writers or whatever. Yeah, hundred uh, ju- percent. Let's uh, jump right into it. Where it talks, we talked about the continuity, which works. It obviously starts off right off from the last one, where he has been unmasked and blamed yes. for the London Bridge attack, and he decides to go to Doctor Strange's house so to change time, where people will forget that he's 
who Peter Parker is. Uh, but as this transition's happening, he keeps telling Doctor Strange to change it. Well, my Aunt May needs to know about me, and I, I, I need MJ to know about me, and things get fucked up when Doctor yeah. Strange is trying to help him out, and things go Steven. obviously awry. And I just, it's just, it's, that's the story, okay? So when he does this, when he when they end up fucking up uh, this time continuance thing, the spell box is up, yeah. Yeah, the spell box up. It opens up the doors to allow other Peter Parkers and people who know Peter Parker exist to come through. So the obviously the villains and the Peter Parkers we knew and seen their films, that's how they come into the come into the picture. Something that was concerning me, the reason I brought that scene up was because I was concerned about they're gonna do a bunch of fucking Hollywood jibber jabber that makes no sense. You know, you got to be fucking working for NASA to understand what was going on. But but it wasn't it's quite simple. You bought it. You got it. Cool. There's the story. It, it, it is ridiculous. But, I mean, um, within the context of this world and this universe, sorry, multiverse, um, it makes sense. And, and I, I, I'm more than happy to run with it. Exactly. You know, I, I, but Marvel has a way to dumb it down without it being dumb. Yes. If that makes any sense whatsoever. No, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. It's a delicate balance, and they sort of, well, uh, as I say, I'm not a, a fan of Marvel. I've not particularly against them. I've just never, I've sort of missed that sort of train, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Missed that boat. Um, but um, yeah, certainly within this film, yeah, it, it, it works fine. Let me. So it does. Let me ask you this. So one of the reasons he decided to let you want people to forget who Peter Parker was, it started affecting his friends. So MJ and Ned couldn't get into MIT because of their affiliation with Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yes. How come Flash got in? Because uh, Flash wrote a book. Yeah. About I him being know. friends with Spider-Man called Flashpoint. Yes. Uh, I think, I don't know. That's actually a very good point. Huh? I think uh, because he was so much of a bullshitter. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but maybe. I, maybe they actually knew that, um, you know, people actually knew that um, Flash wasn't really a friend of Peter Parker. He was just a stick, basically, uh, from school. But um, they knew that Ned and MJ were his real friends. But it's a fair point, yeah. Do you... I got to tell you right now, uh, we talk CGI quite a bit, and sometimes I badmouth it. I don't badmouth CGI. So do I, yeah. I just don't like CGI when it's become a dependent. When it becomes, let's fix it in post, let's just use CGI for everything from fake bullets to stuff you just don't need CGI for. Mm-hmm. But the one thing Marvel's always gotten right is their CGI, most well, of the time. Well, they certainly get it right here. The, uh, but I have to say, it's not like a sort of the type of Hollywood film, you know, blockbuster film, where it's reliant on CGI. This is a character-driven film, an emotion-driven yeah, film, you know, yeah. back to the script. So the, the CTI that is used, and it's rendered greatly, very much complements what um, is going on around it. Yeah, like the, well, the bridge sequence when we bring Doc Ock back. Yes. And the visuals is incredible. Any kind of action film, and I know a lot of people don't like them, but I do. I like Michael Bay's style. Mm-hmm. I don't like the Transformers films, but I do like his stuff outside that box. Yes. And there's a great style with him where you're not getting lost in the shuffle. You can mm-hmm. see every shot being you know, shot, every punch being taken. That's not a mess. It's not a mess. And these guys get it right. And this bridge scene 
is so smooth and so mm-hmm. beautifully done. You can see bit by bit, detail after every dent put in a car. Yes. Whether it's a little pebble hitting it, whatever, whatever it is, the detail in this one scene is just, it's just, a, a, just a, mm-hmm. uh, um, I, I can't, I, I can't describe how, how intense this scene was. <laughs> I just, it, it's amazing what they can do with visuals. Uncanny. I couldn't tell you the difference between the CGI and the practical in this scene. And Alfred Molina was also de-aged oh, as well. Yeah. Uh, well, you could tell he's got very smooth skin. <laughs> I mean, mm. <laughs> but yeah, and it was so nice to see Alfred Molina because uh, yeah, you know all the throwback to Spider-Man Two, and I really and Readers of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yeah, Readers he's in as first well. Film, Stark. Of the Lost Ark. But it it was just nice to see that character coming back. Yeah, and we'll really get into what makes this film and it's definitely the Statue of Liberty scene sequence and I just like seeing how do I put it I just feel that it's nice to see old school actors coming back and getting their due in a role that kind of put them on the map but kind of they kind of faded a bit and not only that, they're they're fucking brilliant actors, and they land sorry the land a real touch of class to the film. Um, mainly, um, I'm, th- I'm thinking of Alfred Molina and Defoe, William Defoe. Well, you're in love with Defoe, so that's oh, we, I think he's fucking brilliant. So do, but I've always liked Defoe, even from when I first saw him when I was a kid and watched Platoon. Yeah, Platoon is his nice guy role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, he usually plays nice guys. Yeah. Um, I love her whenever he turns into the Green Goblin. He's using his, his um, real teeth. And whenever he is Osborne, th- those are false teeth. Oh, really? Yep, 100%. That's... He actually has big, sort of shiny... Oh, he's always uh, got that big grin. Yeah. Never thought he would. I never, never understood why he was never been the Joker. <laughs> he, would be, he would make a brilliant Joker. Yeah. Uh, so, but I do like we uh, we talked about you know not over explaining the the, the tech jargon, mm-hmm. and how he captures Doc Ock is that the nanobites take over his arms and he can yes. control the nanobites from his suit. It took me a while to twig on what um, what was going on there. I got that. Yeah, yeah. He's basically it's an Iron Man suit, isn't it? Yes, Iron Man made it for him, and yes. so it's all made out of nanobites, so he can control everything that suit does. Mm-hmm. So it was it was it was a nice little sequence to. To capture them, and they end up getting these guys put into a uh, these little cells. Now, how did they get in the cells? Was did Doctor Strange bring him in there? Yes, Doctor Strange did it with another spell. Okay, so he's kind of keeping an eye on what's happening, and then when Peter has control of everything, he brings him into the cell. Yeah. Okay. Whenever he well, basically whenever he um, Doctor Strange detected that um, they were in our universe, once they were tracked down. He could use that spell just to like sort of um, pull them away and into those cells. Okay. They did, they did something similar whenever you actually see it happen with um, Electro, Jimmy Fox. Now, bringing up, bringing up that's a great segue, where we, we meet Electro and Sandman. Yes. Now, these two guys, these two characters kind of got a bum rap. Sadly, Sandman mm-hmm. was in Spider-Man 3, which was a production failure. Uh, well, I guess you could say behind-the-scenes failure with Sam Raimi fighting with the studio, Sam Raimi firing Danny Elfman, which was a blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Then you had 
all this thing going on. And so the Sandman never really got a really good, you know, character. You never really yeah. got any cool sequences. This sequence alone gives us some cool shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to see that. It's nice to see Electro in a more of a badass, badass outfit and more to yeah. see how powerful he's gotten. Yeah. And it's a nice sequence to be introduced to them. And then they get obviously put in their little prison thing. But what Along hold, with the lizard? What holds up with this film, you got Lizard now, you got Doc Ock, Sandman, Electro. What I liked about this, and I didn't know where to go with it at first, because you have Peter Parker, who's such a he's a good kid. Tom Holland's performance is fucking we'll get to the part with May, but his performance is so spot on. Yeah, he's brilliant. I have to admit. And you know. I love the fact that he refuses to let these guys go back. And get mm-hmm. and let them die. Yes, he wants to find a way because when it comes to, when it comes to superhero Virtuous. films, when I do, my favorite kind of superhero films are the ones that are more that are more grounded, mm-hmm. man versus man, mm-hmm. and they might have built a suit that might have controls. You know, what I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I think I, that's I why I like Batman. I don't mind this. I don't mind Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I like it when it's more. I guess you can say real. Relatable, and I think that's actually why. Um, now that we're discussing this, I think that's actually why probably my two super, my two favorite superheroes, um, over the years would be Batman and Peter Parker, because they're basically they're just regular guys. Well, maybe not Bruce Wayne. He's not a regular guy, but he's human. He doesn't have superpowers. Well, we'll get to that question because Peter Parker does have superpowers. Yes, but he but he's still very grounded. And yeah. then the sort of he's more human than yes he can't take you only can take so many hits yeah exactly yeah and, and he's a he's a relatable kid you know what I mean he's just struggling with life and teenage crap and you know college and all that sort of thing and we've been there so yeah I do like the fact and I'm I'm surprised I wasn't fooled by it when all the villains decided okay we'll go with you I was like okay that's a little too easy yeah and I should have saw that Osborne was going to betray him. Mm-hmm. Because technically, he's not Osborne at this point. He's always been he's Jekyll and Hyde. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was always going to happen. Yeah, you know. So you would be fucking disappointed if it didn't. I thought this cool thing, the fabricator. I thought that was a neat little tool, mm-hmm. where it's pretty much you know fixes, it analyzes their problem. Yes, and, you know, and fixes it. And if obviously Doc Ock gets fixed, and Electro's about to get fixed, and all, obviously this is the part where. Where uh, the Green Goblin turns and goes, you really think I'm going to let you fucking, you know, take me over? Yeah. <laughs> and things go awry. So we get to the scene where we lose May. Yes. And Green Goblin kills her. Well, you don't know she's dead. It's kind of an odd scene because she gets up. She seems fine. But I don't think the studio audience would really get it, especially kids if they're watching, that mm. she was bleeding out. Yes, she was badly injured. Yes, yeah, in fact, that Tom Holland reaches down to like cradler, and he pulls his hand back, and it's covered in blood. Yeah, yeah, it's and then she she's and then it's it's a great sheen for her to finally deliver the famous line: "Great, great power comes great responsibility." Yes. Never been used yet in this part of the franchise, and it's a wonderful way for her to go out. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was uh, um, not just um, a well realized death scene. But it was also, it lends so much um, weight and power to Tom Holland's, Peter Parker's, you know, journey, you know. And, you know, it, it's so much dramatic weight to the to the script, but also for, 
you know, the character. Yeah. And he leaves, and obviously he goes into hiding because of what happened, because um, he obviously blames himself. And this is where we get the two Spideys that come back. I fucking love this scene. Yeah, it's brilliant. It is when Ned just realizes the little ring thing he has could bring, you know, opens up the time loops, and the he was he was looking for his buddy Peter, but in doing so, he brought both Peters back from the other universe. Yeah, and. The sequence when they asked Andrew Garfield to climb the walls and can you get those cobwebs? <laughs> <in order? laughs> um, and MJ's throwing buns at him to check his spidey sense. He goes, "Don't don't yeah. buns at me! Don't don't you throw another bun at me?" And Andrew, Andrew Garfield comes across as such a, a, a great guy, you know. Obviously in the film, but also in real life, you know, you get that impression. Yeah, you know, he's the one character I was looking for, and the reason I say that's because Tobey Maguire. Even though the third Spider-Man of his wasn't the best, he got an ending. Yes, he got his trilogy. His he was Garfield's done. Didn't. Where Andrew Garfield never got to tell his full story. Yeah, because uh, they weren't hits. Uh, they weren't critical hits either. Which they were still good. I enjoyed them. I thought the villains were a little flat, which he mentions actually in the film. And it is so nice and refreshing to see Hollywood, especially Sony, go back to the actors who didn't get quite that swan song they deserved. And let them have it in this film. Yeah. And it's ballsy for Sony to go back and go, you know what? We didn't get it right with you guys. We're going to get it right in this film. Mm-hmm. And it's fan service too. But as I say, it's 100% done well. Well, you know what? You know, what is wrong with giving the fans what they want every once in a while? Yes, of course, um, you know, good storytelling must come first. But you know what? Fan service is all right every once in a while as well. Yeah, there's nothing. No, of course not. Especially with Marvel or Star Wars. I mean, yeah, they're your bread and butter. Make them happy. And if it's not mm-hmm. selling out, which they don't, I they mm-hmm. do it so beautifully. Um, it it's just there's yeah. there's a scene where they go and they the um, MJ asks both Spideys, "Where do you go to relax? I go to Empire State. Oh, I go to uh, yes. Chrysler Building. Oh, that's a great view. You know, it's yeah. But they. Yeah, but MJ realizes Spidey where uh, Tom Holland's Spidey goes, and they find him. And there's a great discussion about loss, because all Spider-Mans have lost somebody yes. in their in their dedicated series, be it Uncle Ben or um, Gwen Stacy and stuff. Yeah, you had Gwen Stacy, Uncle Ben. You had uh, oh God, his name James Franco's character. Um, yes, the Green Goblin's he kid. Was, I, um, I forgot his name. Norman Osborn's Nor- son. Yeah, Harry Osborn. Harry Osborn. You got it. And it's a really great, it's just a good scene because usually when you have these superhero films and they're dealing with killing things, they're you know protecting what they have to, and people will die without without them trying to do it. You never really see the loss that they have to deal with. Yeah, um, you got a little bit it with Gar- with uh, Garfield in Amazing Spider-Man when he lost Gwen Stacy, mm-hmm. and they'll bring that up uh, down the road. But there's a nice scene where. Andrew Garfield is about to say to him, I know how you feel because he's lost Gwen Stacy in the last. Mm-hmm. But, but Tom Holland interrupts him and goes, you don't know anything about loss. And Garfield kind of yeah. puts back in the shadow because he obviously does. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was just a, just a great scene to get everyone get ready for the big showdown. Oh, absolutely. It's, um, and you know, and obviously there's the, come back to the sort of fan wank, you know, you've got three Spider-Mans working together and stuff. Yeah, it's, you know, it, I thought it was great. And then what better way to end it with the Statue of Liberty? 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know what? We're movie we're gonna do because I saw this whole fight scene. There's another film that there's a fight sequence in in uh, in, uh, in in their film, and it's called the Remo Williams. It's right. With Fred Ward. I haven't seen it. Oh my god! It's eighty four, eighty five. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be this big franchise, but the movie wasn't a hit. But they were yeah. doing, ironically, they were doing a big fight scene stunts. Pretty cool. During when they were remodeling the Statue of Liberty in real life. Right. So the Statue of Liberty in real life was all covered up. But it's a cool little scene. Well, this one, they're remodeling the Statue of Liberty. And they're putting the big Captain America shield up. Yes. So I just think that was kind of cool. And so we got to do Remo Williams now. I, I got no, no problem. got to do Remo Williams. Great soundtrack, uh-huh. too. <laughs> but, yeah, so we get to the big climax. And, again, they do it so right. The action isn't muddled. You knew who was what. You knew where they were going. You knew what they were trying to do. You knew what character yep. was what. You saw every trick they were trying to do to, to coerce the bad guys and go to point A to point B. Just, just I just can't. It just stuns me and how mm-hmm. gorgeous this is. Yeah, they, they got it so right throughout. They're, <laughs> when they're talking about the craziest villains, yeah, I kind of fought. I, I, I fought a guy. I fought this thing that was like a black goo. And he's talking about Venom. Yes, and Venom on three. Yeah, I got to fight an alien in space. No way! And for, for Andrew Garfield, he goes, "I could, mine was stupid. I got to fight some Russian guy in a rhino machine." Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. He felt sorry for him because he is. Yeah. He got the shittiest of them. And yeah. there's even a but line, he redeems himself in this. There's even a line where they go, "Hey, man, you're an amazing Spider-Man." Don't you yes. ever let anyone tell you different? Because he actually played the amazing Spider-Man. Yes, that's right. And yeah, he was like, "Man, yeah. that, it's it's nice to hear that." I got teared, to, to, I got a little choked up for that because <laughs> I felt so sorry for Andrew Garfield not getting his full, you know, his full story told. But he gets it. In this. Yeah, that's my point. My, I just I like that because it's just I don't know. It's just, it's heartwarming. It's well deserved for him for not just the character and the fans of those two films. But also for Andrew Garfield himself, yeah, and it feel like I you, you actually can see in the actor's eyes and those person that he's so happy to be there that he's actually getting one hundred percent. And that's the sort of that's the sort of actors you want to watch, the ones who are actually enthusiastic and are sort of you know what I mean. They're as much sort of fans yeah. as, as as those watching it and stuff. That's the sort of people you want to watch, you know, not divas or people who don't want to be there, which you can tell sometimes. Yeah, you know? yeah, and. And this kid's nominated for an Oscar this year. Didn't get it. And he was nominated a couple of years ago for Heartbreak Rate. Like, um, uh, he's what? got the acting chops, yeah. He, 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 so he's not just some actor looking Pretty for, boy. for to put a, a put an end yeah. to a character he never got to put an ending to. And for, for Doosday, I might take my hat off completely to him. I, um, I think he, he comes across as a great guy. Do you want to know what one of his um, earliest roles was? Doctor Who. Oh, oh yeah. you know what? You're done. You're done. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, but seriously. Um, he was in the David Tennant two-parter, um, Daleks in Manhattan. Oh, my God. You just ruined this whole <laughs> podcast. He's ruined, and he's great in that, too. Jeez. The scene where the green, when the green Goblin shows up, right? And the, he he's going to blow up that square thingy to send them all back. Yes. And it causes MJ to fall. Uh-huh. And Garfield saves her at the last minute. Yeah, and he starts. That's him. He starts crying. Yes. He's tearing because that's how Gwen Stacy would die. Yeah, yep. Because he tried to dive to get her, but didn't get to her in time. 
and that's that's his that his Spider Man redeeming himself to a certain right extent. there. He's gone. Yeah. He's done. He don't, he don't, yep. We don't need. I mean, it's ah oh man, so good, so good. Yep. Um, I love the fact of how they get each one. Um, whether it's Lizard was kind of quiet character. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen more of Reese Evans, but apparently he was um, tied up with other work. So all he does is provide um, voice work for the lizard, um, and at the end, that's like reused food. You can from... you can tell it looks very, yeah, yeah. It doesn't look yeah fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like how I like the Sandman. I've always felt sorry for the Sandman's character, and I love see when they when they finally talk, guys. We're not getting this right. Uh, we're not we're not in sync. We're not doing this. Kind of like our podcast, and <laughs> <laughs> and we're Spider Man. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> and they finally go. This is what we need to do. Blah 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 blah. And they and they and, and it's how they get obviously the point A to point B and how they coordinate what they're going to do and obviously how they get the Sandman's pretty neat mm-hmm. and obviously how they get the Electro. Yep. And obviously the last one to get is the Goblin. Can I say as well? It, it was great to see the Goblin without that stupid fucking mask, um, because I want to see William Defoe's fucking crazy face instead of that mask. I know I never liked that mask. Oh, I think it's cool. Mm, I, I prefer seeing Defoe w- with the sort of hoodie. Well, you can't really have you can't really you got to have the mask because Green Goblin in the, in the comics looks like a goblin, so you have to have mm-hmm. the mask. You can't just put a guy with a hoodie on. It'll be kind of. I always felt that even like years ago when I first watched. Um, you know, the first um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man film. Yeah. Um, it, it always sort of niggled me. I always thought it was, it, it was a bit too childish. You know, I think if they, had a, if they have to go with a, a Green Goblin mask, they should make it more horror-esque, more sort of scurry, you know? Yeah, but I think when he was first introduced in 2000, 2002, yes. they were going for more soft. It, you yeah. Know, they, they really couldn't get away with it. I mean, don't get me wrong. His death's pretty brutal. In the Spider-Man mm-hmm. film, he gets pretty much cut in half uh-huh. with, that, with this little little speeder thing. Yeah, the glider. Yeah, thing. yeah. Which he pretty much almost does to Tobey Maguire. Yeah, but that's such a great scene because he's the great line. He goes, uh, "That fucking creepy voice." It's poor. Yeah, oh, he's brilliant. It's poor Peter didn't want to send me home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all your it, fault. He goes, all, you know, you didn't want to send me home. All boohoo. And then he goes, "No, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he didn't want to send yeah. me home to die." And he goes, no, yeah. I just wanted to kill you myself. That was the first yes. time you see Tom Holland being very vigilante, very aggressive as Spider-Man. And then whenever Tom Holland says that, um, William Defoe um, um, retorts brilliantly, that's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously Tobey Maguire steps in to stop him. I actually thought um, Tobey Maguire died. Um, you know, and that, that would have been like a huge emotional sort of weight. That's why I was asking film. you about the superpower thing. Because he got stabbed, right? I mean... But he survives it. Yeah, he, he can regenerate. I, we know that. But mm-hmm. so at the end, he's got to do the everything. He this whole thing started by him not wanting to say goodbye to certain people. Co- consequences for his actions. Yeah, yeah. So he he's got to say goodbye to everybody. And so when he does that, and it's a tough little scene to see him say goodbye to his buddy Ned mm-hmm. and MJ and even Doctor Strange. I th- I think I, I must admit, see, um, sometimes companions like MJ and Ned. Could very easily come across as annoying. Oh God, yes. But the, but these guys are very good. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, especially Nades, he he could so very easily come across as annoying. But he's actually very good and likable. Um, Santana is very good um, as an actress as well. Yes. Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean she's very good in Dune, which we talked about not too long mm-hmm. ago. 
Yes. But I, uh, yeah, you're right, because usually the sidekicks are annoying. Yeah, the comic relief type thing. But uh, the casting for this series of Spider-Mans have been just pretty, in all fairness, all the Spider-Mans have had good casting. Mm-hmm. And uh, But this one nails it out of the park, of course. What I also loved at the very end was whenever um, he he no he no he no longer has access to Stark Industries, so he ha- he can't have the Iron Man suit, you know, Spider Man outfit. So he has to make his own, and it's back to the classic sort of blue and red, you know, sort of leotard. Basically, but doesn't he still have that one? He 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 did he didn't disappear. Spider Man, they know who Spider Man is. So wouldn't he still have that? Possibly no, because but the I Avengers just, I, would still know him. No, no, they don't know. Him. No, no, everyone forgets him. Sure, even Doctor Strange no, was. That, they, they, they don't know Peter Parker. Ah, uh, yes, but they yes, should know. Yes. Sp- but they know Spider Man. Right. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Ah, uh, you're um, right. But I do have a question for you. At the end, when they zoom into the desk, you see yes. a coffee cup, which is yes. the coffee where he gets when he tries to, you know, when he reintroduces himself to MJ. Yeah, where MJ works. Yes. Yeah. But next to it, there's something else. What is that? I'm not too sure. I would have to look again. Anybody who knows that on Facebook, can you let us know? Because I, I looked at it. I can't. They zoom in on it. They clear focus of it. I can't see what it is. Then they. I would have to watch it again. Then they clear focus on the coffee mug. So I must be missing something that maybe MJ gave him that I'm missing. I did love. I did love the sort of classic Spidey outfit at the end. You know. Yeah, and that could be right. So I'm a little confused of who. Did, you know, what I mean, because Spider-Man still does exist. So yes. I, I, I don't know. But he did get one of his suits destroyed at um, at some point. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll find um, out. Hopefully the continuity sticks yeah. and we'll find out. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, listen. Uh, I think everyone's in agreement on this one. I haven't seen a bad review on this film yet. It's It's been u- universally welcomed by pretty much everyone. It's It's been a huge success at the box office. And you know what? It fucking deserves it. I'm fucking shocked this did not get nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture. Yeah, well, I am so compared sick to some of this art house cinema, compared to some of the shit that is out there, that's not even art house that does get nominations and stuff, you know, uh, you know what? It, it deserved at least a nomination. I don't take the Oscars or award ceremony seriously. I don't anyway. take the, so ultimately, I don't, take I don't the give a fuck. Or the Oscar, I don't take any awards seriously. They're a joke. No, I don't give a so I don't give a fuck really. But yeah, it deserves its. But you know what? It's getting its fucking just rewards in the box office, but by, uh, by the fans and the. The sort of amazing reviews it's getting and the praise it's getting and all of it deserved. Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you what, the, the only thing I'm concerned about is because you get all these fan letters going out that they want Garfield to get his own Spider-Man film. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. But here's what I'm concerned about. The next one, I hope they don't bring him back. Yeah, because it could... It's over. Know, you, you, yeah. You, you brought You, you want to end on a high. You want to end on a high. Yeah, don't bring him back, guys. Just don't do it. If you're listening to yeah. me, <laughs> John Watts and Kevin Feige and Marvel and all you bastards out there who produce this stuff, don't bring them back. It's not worth it. You've This is a perfect swan song to those two other guys and the villains. Mm-hmm. I agree. So there you go. I just hope they don't do it. <laughs> well, there you go. Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to the new one, and I guess the new Doctor Strange, which is directed by Sam Raimi, is it? Yeah, right. I didn't know that. The new doc that comes out in June. It's right, that, that. but it's very. They were teetering on an R, so they had to pull it, go back to reshoots 
because this yeah. is the same thing we just saw, but the Doctor mm-hmm. Strange version, and it's very H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, that that sounds interesting. I will watch that. And that's why they brought Sam Raimi in, because they wanted that. There's a little, there's a little, there's a lot of uh, Evil Dead nods in it. He said, and Curry. drag me to hell, which is my yeah, favorite Raimi. And so he, and obviously we got our um, what's his boy, his boys back in it too. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, no, well, he's in it, of course. All the all the guys. I don't I don't, I don't know who they're going to bring back for it. They're not going to reveal it. But I'm, I'm interested. No, but Sam Raimi always brings Bruce Campbell. He's got a couple roles in it. Oh, Bruce Campbell appears in all of Sam Raimi. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's yeah, a multiverse, films. so he's in it a couple times. And it's supposed yeah. to be kind of funny. But Third. it's supposed to be very, very dark. Right? Uh, yeah, I'll watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in the, it's called In the Mouth of the Multiverse. Is it not call, called The Multiverse of Madness? Yes, in the, yes. Which I always get confused because John Carpenter has an H.P. Lovecraft kind of film called In the yeah. Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness, yeah. Sam Hame. Yeah, which we'll be getting to because I like that one too. Yeah, but we'll, we'll have to do that sometime. Uh, well, that, there we go. Hey, listen, guys. Thank you so much. It's been another great week with the downloads. It has, uh, we've been picking up. Again, if you have any, you know, any, any film ideas you want us to... You, know, you check out and record for you. Give us a shout on Facebook, and uh, always tell us you know something what you thought about our reviews. If you thought we're if we we're you know right or wrong, you go ahead and pick. I don't think argue with us. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'll fight you, and maybe we'll get you on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, there you go. If you want to challenge us or something we said on a podcast, we'll do the film again with you, huh? Yep. There you go. And but as long as it's not. See, we well, we did Cobra. That's okay. We can do that one again. <laughs> I know, but I think you get what I'm saying. Uh, feel free to interact with us a little more. And uh, please do. That's all I've got. You got anything you want to add there? No, that, that, that's all good by me. All right. Sadly, we're going to the movie Moonfall after this. So Fuck wow. <laughs> Talk about night and day. Oh or, boy. Or shake, shake and day. Ah, whoa, whoa, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, there's really no spoilers in that film. Uh, all right, guys, have a good one, and we are out of here.